welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks, Rob. I had a couple of days away at the weekend and uh, seen a bit of the seaside up on the north coast. So, uh, so all good, mate. Back in work today, so uh, can't be bad. It's been glorious. The weather's been absolutely unbelievable, hasn't it? It certainly has, yeah. It's it's been really nice, hasn't it? It's it's, it's red hot at the moment, is it? And uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit hot to be working, but uh, but no, it's, it's it's been glorious, mate. It really has. Yeah, there's lots to talk about. What we'll do, Paul, we'll start talking about the victory uh, for the Salford Devils. Uh, their first game back uh, after the lockdown, they beat Hull FC. Great win for Ian Watson's men. Yeah, tremendous uh, win, Rob. I don't think we was. Even the most sort of ambitious Salford supporter was expecting us to score 54 points today, you know, especially after not playing a match for five months and to come back, you know, and not show any signs of ring rust or, or anything like that. You know, a, a real complete performance against a, a whole side that have, have parted company with their coach, you know, just before the lockdown on the back of a, you know, they got hammered at home to Warrington, I think, didn't they? And sat Lee Radford. So they're in a bit, a bit of a spot of bother, aren't they, at the moment? But for Salford to uh, to come up with that win today, you know, it was, it was a tremendous... Uh, Tremendous uh, win for us, and, and it kickstarts our season now. Yeah, it didn't quite start so well for Salford. Hull took the lead uh, for the first try. Was a bit of a dubious try for me, uh, but what you know, Ian Watson's men hit back, didn't they? They certainly did. Yeah, you know, Tui Lola here scoring scoring a brace of tries there, and you know he looked absolutely fantastic today. You know, we we know what a quality player he is, and. You know, with Kevin Brown missing today, um, you know, some people might have questioned how Salford were going to go with Chris Atkin and, and Tui at half-backs, but the pair of them were, were outstanding and forged a real good partnership. Some of Tui's passing was, was outstanding and, and we know what a world-class player he is on his day. You know, he's had some world-class games for, for Tonga in the past and, um, you know, I think people in Super League have really stood up today and, and looked at him and thought, wow, what a player he is. Salford have got a fantastic player there in him. So, you know, that all the credit there goes to Ian Watson and the coaching staff for, for putting faith into him, you know, last season and, and again this season. And, you know, he was a guy who wasn't really wanted by Leeds, but, you know, we've got an absolute gem there in him and he was he was outstanding today and one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah, fantastic performance from Tui Lola here. Made the, the Ken Seo try uh, and got a couple himself. Fantastic effort from, from the standoff. He's really filling that gap that Jackson Hastings left. He certainly is, yeah. And, and that was a big question at the start of the season, whether he could he could fill that gap. He's a totally different player to, to Jackson Hastings. And, you know, we all know that, but he's... he's you know, on his day, he's a world-class player. He's an international player. And, you know, there's not many of those players knocking around in Super League. And for us to have one in our side, it's, uh, you know, it's it's credit to us, really, and credit to the, the staff before, as I said, for, for nailing him down. And, um, you know, if he can keep coming up with performances like that, who knows where we can we can end up this season. Great to see, um, you know, Welsh uh, wizard Reese Williams coming up with a couple of tries as well because he's, he's been excellent for us. You know, a real real signing that went under the radar, really. And, um, you know, he's been one of the unsung heroes so far at the start of the season. But he's picked up where he left off with another, another great performance and a brace of tries as well. Yeah, I think it was all the teamwork, Paul. I think, you know, lots of, you know, togetherness in that in that squad. Uh, and that's what you want as a fan. You want to see the team all, you know, working together for, for the common goal. 
Well, certainly, yeah, you've only got to look at the try scorers, Rob. You've got seven different try scorers there, and tries have come from all over the pitch, haven't they? Luke Yates chipping in with one as well. Fantastic to see Chris Wellham go over, you know, being a, an ex Hull KR player and a player from sort of the east side of Hull to score against Hull FC. He'll have had a, a massive smile on his face there, scoring as well. Nile Levels getting on the score sheet. Ken Seal as well. I think he's one of the, is he top try scorer in Super League? He's up, he's up there in the top try scorer charts, and to, to get two more today, that keeps him up there. So just an all round fantastic performance. And, you know, we've not been scoring that many points, you know, before the lockdown, you know, over the the, you know, the, the early start of the season or you know, the first couple of games. We, we were struggling to, to get over that 20-point mark in matches and to score 54 against Hull as well. They were no sort of mug team, are they? I mean, they're, they're struggling for form, but 54 points is, is an outstanding achievement in a match. So um, it just shows, I think, those rule changes and that have worked in our favour slightly there. And Ian Watson, again, has done a fantastic job, you know, getting his tactics absolutely perfect. And it is, it's exciting now, you know, going into to the Catalan game next Saturday. Yeah, obviously Hull did hit back just before half time, went in, sort of went in leading 22 points to 12, Paul. Ian Watson's men, you know, putting on a great performance in that first half. You know, Ian Watson, that, that hard time team talk, uh, you know, would have been a positive one of with all the good work that they'd done. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Watson would have said just just keep it tight and, and, and just carry on. And more of the same in the second half, really. You know, the way that we were playing and moving the ball around, we, we looked like we had points in us all the time. And our defence, a couple of little defensive lapses, but... No, I think Watto was surprised from from his comments after the game. I think he was surprised in how he performs. Not that he, he he doubts his players, but you know that that is a that is a performance where you know you're playing at a neutral venue uh, behind closed doors. You've got probably the whole of rugby league watching there, particularly in this country anyway. And you, you've served up a fantastic display. And probably there's, there's other clubs and other coaches there who are looking at Salford, thinking, "Blimey, these are no mugs, these guys." And you know, perhaps perhaps other sides and other clubs and fans that looked at us last season thinking, oh yeah, we got to the, the grand final because we had Jackson Aces, this, that and the other. But, you know, perhaps it wasn't a fluke. You know, they're a good side, they're a good bunch of players and we've said it before on the podcast that, you know, we brought players in for, for 20, uh, 2020 and we've strengthened really. We've lost players but we've brought a lot of excellent players in as well and some strong players in. And don't forget, we've got Morgan Esqueray coming into the mix, Andy Acker's coming in as well. So there's a lot to be positive about and I think, for the remainder of this season, although it's going to be a shorter season, we've got a real chance now of, uh, of being up there and, and having a big say in what goes on. Yeah, obviously, second half started, Hull FC were on top, uh, but Salford rolled, rolled out the pressure and then uh, Chris Atkin, interception try, 80 metre dash uh, from the uh, the standoff, uh, sorry, the scrum half, fantastic effort from him, uh, which really put, put Salford in the driving seat. He certainly did, and we all know he's a nippy player, Chris Atkin. I didn't, I didn't realise he was that quick, but he, he showed a real clean pair of heels there to go the full length of the field. A lot of composure as well to take that interception pass, and I'm very pleased for Chris as well, who's, you know, he's, he's been in out on the side, hasn't he? And you know, we've we've jostled the half backs around to find out the, the the perfect partnership there. But you know, Chris is a good rugby league footballer, and you know, had a good game today, and he's put himself up there now, you know, with a chance of, of starting again in the next uh, next couple of matches. Yep, obviously Hull was still in the fight. Shaw went, Shaw, Jamie Shaw went over for them. Uh, 28-18, Salford still that 10-point buffer, which was a you know a good thing for Ian Watson's men going moving forward. Yeah, he certainly was. Yeah, I mean, you know, old sceptics and that might have said, you know, perhaps we're going to chuck this away because we've had a few topsy-turvy games against Hull FC over the last couple of seasons. But I think we had that steal in us today and that desire to, to win that game uh, we, we really did for me there was only one side ever going to win that because it, Salford's attitude today was absolutely perfect it's absolutely spot on and as I said before 
you know, they, they can be ring rustiness when you've not played a match. I know the lads have been back in training, but there's nothing like playing a game is when that contact and, and you know, that 80 minutes concentration. And, and that was there today. They looked like they, they just played last week. They didn't look like they'd had five months off. So that I think that'll be one of the most pleasing aspects for, for Ian Watson, really, to get straight back on the horse, get a fantastic victory. And then that really can send you into the next couple of games with a bit of momentum now. And, you know, you're back on winning ways. Yeah, Salford extend their, their lead for a try from Luke uh, Yates. You know, great strength uh, from the forward, re- sort of wrestling the, the ball off the, the, the full-back uh, to ground it. And, you know, that's what you want. You want grit and determination. And in that moment, uh, you know, I think moments like that uh, show, you know, might turn seasons, in my opinion. They certainly do, yeah. We, we know all about Luke Yates's his grit and determination and his sort of never-say-die attitude from when he was at um, London Broncos last season. I thought he was an excellent signing for us, a real sort of all-action player and not probably not a player that always grabs the headlines, but a player that's consistent. I think you, you normally call them 8 out of 10 players, don't you, on the podcast, guys that are 8, 9 out of 10 every week and steady eddies, if you like, and that's not being disrespectful to him. I think he's a super player and every side needs a player like Luke Yates and he's going to do the graft and do the hard yards, but he's come up with a couple of tries this season as well and I've been very, very impressed with, with Luke. He's got a great attitude as well. Yeah, obviously Hull were then reduced to 12 men uh, as Nagala was was sin being for kicking the ball away. Uh, and Salford took full advantage uh, with that extra man, didn't they, Paul? They certainly did, and that's what you've got to do. You, you have got to do, do that. You've got to move the ball, haven't you? And particularly on a day like today when it's a, it's a big wide pitch there at Headingley and the sun's out as well. And I think, as I said, I've said it, I repeat myself a few times, tactically wise, Salford were absolutely spot on today. They, they sort of nailed Hull where they were weak and they've got a big pack of forwards, Hull, as well. And I thought we made them look look very, very average today. And and sometimes people say that, don't they? Oh, Hull were poor. And you're all, sometimes you're made to look poor by the opposition. And I think Salford did that today. They exploited Hull FC in, in all the areas where they were struggling. Yeah. Lovely try um, from Williams. Lovely kick by Atkin uh, and the Welsh winger found the corner. And, and that's and that's what it is. It's t- take advantage of any any mistakes from an opposition team. Uh, and that's what Ian Watson's men seem to be able to do at the moment. They seem to be able to either grind results out or, or, or find a way of winning. Yeah, yeah, certainly, and and that's that's what you've got to do. And there's no better sight than seeing the uh, Reese Williams scoring a try with his, his flowing locks <laughs> waving about all over the show. So, so yeah, definitely, I think. I think today could be a bit of a turning point for Salford. If you go back to sort of the five months ago, we we had that defeat in, in Catalan, but we I thought we played really well in the second half of that. Obviously, we had the Wigan game with a tremendous comeback, and then and then today's win. So we are finding. I know it's just a funny thing to say. We find it a bit of form when you play sort of two games five months apart. But next week now is a really big game for us against against the Catalan Dragons, and they had a tremendous win yesterday against Castleford. So that'll be two teams. In a bit of form with uh, with with two big wins and a lot of points behind them, so next week should be really exciting. Yeah, obviously the, the tries weren't over at that point. Chris Wellham got over after a little kick as well. He grounded the ball, but a fantastic try uh, from Ken Seal uh, diving over in the corner, avoiding the uh, the touchline uh, was was the pick of the bunch for me. Nile Levels uh, completed the route uh, on the buzzer to make it fifty four eighteen. So a fantastic result uh, for Ian Watson's men. And uh, even though no fans were there, uh, we we obviously you know would have gone home happy if we if they were. Yeah, certainly. I think you know as I said before, the whole of the. British Rugby League have been watching these games, these double-header, triple-header. We think it's a triple-header today, isn't it, with the other matches that are on. And 
I think everyone's enjoying them, you know, despite the, the, the not being a crowd there. And that has been an exhibition of rugby, really. I've enjoyed the, the games I've seen so far. And no, what a great way to, to come back and, you know, stamp your authority on a game like that and, and, and really show people what you can do, showcasing your skills. So, um, so yeah, I think it's been a perfect day for Salford, really. You know, a perfect 10, I think we can call that, with the 10 tries that we've scored today. A great result. Uh, obviously, a few days have passed since since then, Paul. Uh, but that result is still a great, great effort. Oh, tremendous result, Rob! It, it was a result I wasn't really expecting, to be honest. And uh, you know, a great performance. I mean, I've watched it a couple of times since, and just just looking at the tries again, it, it was wonderful, wonderful rugby and top of the ground rugby league. Some great tries, some great passing from 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 Tuilola here. The opportunities that we took as well from the from the tries from kicks, it, it, there's some special tries there, and you know it was it was a great display, and I think one that's uh, shocked quite a few uh, teams in in the league. So people will be looking at us now and thinking, "Blimey, Salford are not a bad side." Obviously, looking at the the stats, Paul, uh, top tacklers uh, in, in the uh, in the team: Chris Wellham, uh, twenty one; Lee Mossop with twenty six; Joey Lussick with forty one; Tyrone McCarthy with twenty three; Luke Yates with thirty three; Sebastian Ikeafo with twenty five; and Ryan Lannan with twenty nine. You know, you know, the forwards there have made a, a massive effort, haven't they? They certainly did. Yeah, it, it was a tough day as well, wasn't it? As we said before, the heat was. Uh was pretty strong, wasn't it, in the weekend and quite warm weather and that. And the, the forwards, I thought, were tremendous. And they laid that platform for, for the backs to, to field off, and especially Chris Atkin and Tui Lola here. So forwards, once they've laid that platform, it was inevitable where the result was going to go. So a massive uh, shout-out to all the forwards in that game, particularly, like you said, Sebastian Ikehifo had, had a great game. Josh Johnson as well, I thought, came on and, and did, did really well and uh, took some stopping when he came on. So some great performances all around from the forwards. For me, Paul, I think Ryan Lannan was out, was outstanding on uh, at weekend. Uh, you know, showing glimpses of the farm from a, from a few years back when he was, uh, you know, ripping up defenses. Yeah, certainly was, and I think a big shout out to Luke Yates as well. I mean, his tackling and, and the work rate that he gets through is phenomenal, and also Mark Flanagan. I'm a big fan of Mark Flanagan. I know he was on the bench, but he came on and showed us up at times when he was on the pitch. So I think you could go through all the forwards, couldn't you? Tyrone McCarthy, Joe Lussie had a big. Uh, Big game at Hooker as well, and you know his tremendous performances all around. Elliot Kay came on and added his um, added his contribution to the party as well for off the substitute bench. So I don't think, I think you could single out every single player. To be honest, it was an all round cracking team performance, and to put fifty four points past a you know let's have a look at whole side and on paper and look at the players they've got there. They've got some international quality players, haven't they? You know the guys like Josh jo- Josh Jones, you know Josh Griffin, people who didn't want to stay at Salford and thought they'd better their careers by going to Hull and, and we absolutely sort of mullered them, didn't we? So uh, a great display and uh, one that fills us with a lot of confidence going forward now for the rest of the season. Yeah, the, the top meter makers, uh, Paul, uh, Reese Williams, 124, Lee Mossop, 118, Chris Atkin, 121, Luke Yates with 100, Ken Seo, 168, Sebastian Ikea for 101 and Josh Johnson, 108. You know, it's, it's quite a good sign that when you get more players over 100, it, it shows that your team was, was going forward. Yeah, Chris Atkin, I think he did 100 in, in one in one run, <laughs> yeah. didn't he, going for that, uh, uh, that length of the field interception. But I must say, he showed some great pace there. Uh, to, to score and I know Josh Jones almost caught him at one point then he, he he chased back but I thought Chris Atkin was superb in that game you know a few people have questioned him and with Kevin Brown missing I sort of thought where would our strike power come from where would our points come from I thought he was excellent in that game and as you say there the forwards 
if you're getting guys over 100 metres, then you're doing something right, aren't you? And as you, you reamed off, there was quite a few. So that just showed you our dominance and, and how we were on top in that game. Yeah, it shows how good of an engines that people have got. The likes of Lee Mossop and Sebastian Ikea, both at the top of the, the tackling charts and the meter, meter makers as well. And, you know, it, it, it shows that they've got good engines as well as being big units. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing I noticed and I picked up on it in my, my preview for, excuse me, this week, and it was uh, the fact that the fitness, I think, they, they seem to come back really, really sharp, you know, from minute one in that game. I think some of the commentators said that on, on the on the Sky Sports, that how sharp they were and how fit Salford looked, considering they'd had like a five-month layoff without, you know, you know a hit-up and, and a match to play. I mean, obviously, they've been doing training the last couple of months or so, but the fitness there, the fitness level seems to be absolutely superb, and that's credit to the coaching staff, you know, Greg Brown as well, the, the condition he gets the players in. I think, you know, we've got to tip our hat to them because the players come back and they didn't look like they'd been been out, you know, of, um, of the rhythm for five months. They looked like they just played last week and, you know, straight back on where we left off from Wigan. So that that was a real pleasing aspect for me. It was, it was, Paul. And obviously it's, it's, it's a great sign uh, to what for what's to come for me as well because obviously they seem like they're, you know, they're able to switch on after such a, a long time uh, between games and produce a, a great performance like that. Yep, yep, and it's against a, a decent side as well. Rob. I know Hull have sort of struggled, haven't they, before the lockdown when they lost to Coach Lee Radford when they, uh, I think they departed ways with him, didn't they? They brought Andy Last in, um, and then obviously the lockdown started, so they've not played any games since then. So they've had a, a long time, a long five months to do a lot of soul searching their players, and you would have expected, I expected a reaction from Hull at the, the weekend, and. I think whether that's whether, because we played so well that they didn't get that reaction. I mean, they started well, didn't they? Score an early try from off one of our mistakes. But I think that's credit to Solver. We we played the perfect game. I think Watto and, and Paul Rowley got the, the tactics absolutely spot on, the way they played. Uh, they nullified everything that, that Hull had. We know they've got some big backs out wide and a, and, a, and a really fast fullback in Jamie Shaw. I know he scored a try, but for the majority of the game, I think we, we stopped them from creating anything, really. So uh, it was a really spot on performance. And you know, for Salford supporters, it's a really encouraging display and it's one that'll... I know, I think Phil Clark said in the commentary about us getting to the grand final and we could get there again and this, that and the other. I mean, I know that's a long way to go, but those are the sort of performances that, that excite you and, and make you, you know, dream about big things. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of matches. We had a, we had a, we had a, a bag full today, didn't we, Paul? It was, uh, everyone was quite happy with the performance. Yeah, that tends to be the case when we have a good win like that. I think every man and his dog sends to send one in. So, uh, so yeah, I'd like to hear who they are, actually, because I I mean, I think Tuilola here was the, the sky man of the match, and he'd be like an obvious one for his try and his creativity and, and what have you. But everybody will have sort of their own personal sort of favourite performance, and I think there's an awful lot there, so it'll be interesting to hear what people have gone for. Yep, so we'll start with uh, Colin Reynolds, 17 red superstars. In man of the match was uh, Tui Lollahia. Uh, David Wallin, magnificent team performance, Lollahia. Ricky P uh, and his dogs in sale, uh, almost too easy, um, Tui Lollahia. Paul Foster, unreal attacking display. Uh, his man of the match was Tui uh, Lollahia. Natalie Taylor, complete team performance, uh, Tui. Uh, Colin Wilson, top class performance to Ilala here. Tom Bramwell, uh, the MEN uh, Rugby League correspondent, does a fantastic job uh, in that newspaper. What a win. Uh, but yeah, it's spot on there, Paul. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Tui Lalahiers had had quite a good mention there, as I thought thought he would do. But yeah, I particularly like him, like what Natalie said, and, and a few of the others there about the team performance. I think she's absolutely spot on, and as, as the other guys are there, because that's what it was—a great team performance. Um, Duncan, Duncan, great team effort. Uh, Ron Harwood, uh, well done, boys. Mike J. Singleton, well done, boys. Like, uh, Mike Woodbridge, what a game. Uh, Tui, uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill Lever, unbelievable. Uh, like Gary Neville on the on Sky Sports. Alex uh, Golden, Reds are back. Tui Lola here. Uh, Clarkie, brilliant. Uh, Chris Seedhouse, complete team performance. Tui Lola here. I think, I think that was it. I think... Chris has got it spot on there. I think Tuilo here is getting all the uh, all the accolades, Paul. But it was it was certainly a great team performance to to pull off a, a big win like that. Yeah, Tuilo here will get the the accolades, I think, because you know that's that's the sort of game, and that's what people see. They see the, the star performance, the, the creativity, the scoring tries. But you've also got to finish those tries. Reese Williams, I thought, took his his tries superbly well. You know, and Ken Seo. Fantastic finishing. We know all about Ken, how he can finish. And I think it was his second try, the one in the second half. He did ever so well there to get that ball down. And it was breathtaking, really. And the tries, what Chris Atkin created from the kick, the, the, the two-way kick as well, were, were outstanding. But as we mentioned before, great team performance. And, and it was the forwards that laid that platform, got us in the position to be able to play off the back of that. So, uh, so yeah, spot on. Uh, David Deakin, utter, utter brilliance. Uh, two will all here. Uh, David Snape, he thought Atkin was 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 great, uh, and uh, Brown's going to struggle to get back in. Um, Tor- Tori Man- Tori uh what was a genius, um, and Harvey Reed, absolutely incredible scenes. His man of the match was uh, two will all here. So, you know, it was a fantastic performance, and all the Reds at home, um, you know, obviously sat down and had a nice cup of tea after that great result. Yeah, or something stronger. Yeah, I think I think to, from we've gathered there, two all here wins that one hands down <laughs> from from what I've gathered from what the the listeners have said there. But but yeah, it's spot on some great comments there, and it's uh, it's nice to see you know everybody's um, you know sending them in and, and getting excited about it because I think we've got a team to be excited about. And someone said there, Watto's a genius, and I think you're not far wrong. I think he's a fantastic coach, and he got his tactics spot on as he did in the Wigan game before the lockdown, and he's he's got it spot on there as well. And don't forget the Paul Rowley influence. You know, Watto and, and Rowley. I said in the in my preview for this week, they sound like a, a firm of. Um, Detectives, don't they? Private detectives, Watson and uh, Watson and Watson and Rowley, but uh, but doing a great job, and I think they I think they link up really well together and, and complement each other, and, and and that's what we want. We wanted a long time. We waited for it to, to have a coach like this at Salford, and we've really got somebody now who's really switched on and really gets the best out of um, about out of the players that he's got. Yeah, so fantastic result for Salford uh, a weekend, and now Paul, we'll we'll talk about the big news that has broke in the last uh, couple of days. So, big news is um, six Hull FC players have uh, tested positive for the coronavirus and two coaching staff, which has basically affected um, us because we played in Paul. So it is, it's a big it's a big story, isn't it, in, in rugby league? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, I got a text message off you last night saying if you were the news. And I was just nodding off, and then my wife said to me she must have seen it on, on on Twitter as well. So I was quite surprised by it. But these are the the times that we're living in, aren't they? And, you know, people are getting tested, and 
but it's all for the safety of the players and, and the coaching staff and the people involved, isn't it? So in a way, it's it's good that it's been been found out. But obviously now there's the protocol of of resting and um, and self isolating and things like that. Yeah, we really hope that you know the people who have been affected in Hull, uh, you know, get better because obviously this uh, this virus is can be quite scary. So you're hoping that you know the they can uh, pull through. Yeah, of course you know, mate, and it's not. There's also that. There's also that if they pass it on to somebody else as well, isn't it? So let's hope that doesn't happen because sometimes you pass it on to like an elderly person or somebody who's a bit more vulnerable than yourself, and um, that can cause problems. So let's hope that they they self isolate and, it, and it's all it all comes out okay, and the, the kids are all right and, and things like that. Because it's it's worrying, isn't it? I mean, I know some people say, oh, it's it only sort of affects so many people and this that and the other, but it's pretty worrying. So um, you know, I've, I've been lucky. I've not. Not had it yet, I don't think, and um, I don't want to have it. But anybody who has had it, I just hope you get better and you're all right. Yeah, the the whole chairman um, has been discussing it, and he he kind of identified some possible causes um, that a whole player attended a hospital, attended hospital with his his sick child, um, and then went into to to holds training with symptoms when they sent him home we we don't know whether that's what happened do we but you know if if he's joining the dots um then you know you've got to, you've got to you know believe what he says yeah, I suppose so. He's not a doctor, really, so he can say all he wants, can't he? But it's just one of those things now. They've just got to do as they're told, haven't they? Follow the government guidelines and the isolation process as of Salford as well. You told me about Salford's statement before, and it was very professional and, you know, obviously going to affect the games going forward this weekend. But that's just how it goes, isn't it? As long as people are all right and people can isolate and get better and not get this virus, that's the main thing. Yeah, uh, Salford's um, tests came back ne- negative on Monday. Um, the RFL have identified 11 Salford players who will need to self-isolate for 14 days, but the it sounds like the, the squad decided to self-isolate, uh, which, which which shows you know how together they are, really. Yeah, of course it does, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the, the wisest sort of move, really, isn't it? I mean... I'm not sure, without being a medical expert, I'm not too sure what happens with this. If they've come into contact with the whole players, would it take a couple of days for that to come out? I mean, if you tested the players tomorrow or Friday, would would they then test positive? I'm not too sure how it all works. It can take a while, can't it, to come out sometimes. So let's hope they, when they test it again in a few days or whenever, it's all negative again. But no, I think that's good that they're all going to isolate. I mean, it's, it seems like the safest things to do, doesn't it? So uh, that's that's good. Yeah, there's more tests to to come in the week, and I think it sounds like they kind of RFL uh, sort of constructing a, a sort of a plan. But the, what they do know is the eleven that they've been asked to self isolate will self isolate fourteen days. It's just whether the rest of the squad will will do if they have to. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll find out some 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 news on that. Um... Some news on that shortly, Rob. But uh, no, it's, it's worrying, really, isn't it? It's, it just shows you that this, this sort of virus hasn't gone away, and it's it's going to be difficult. I think looking at it now from a logistic point of view, it's going to be difficult running towards the end of the season because there's only so many weeks before the grand final in, in November, and the fixtures have got to be played. And I know safety is the, the, the main thing. I'm not sort of saying that the rugby is more important, but you know, if there are more sort of cases like this after the game where people test positive and 
other teams have to isolate. It could become a real headache for the RFL, you know, postponing things and, and, and sorry, the Super League as well, postponing matches and, and jiggling things around. So let's just hope that it, it all goes smoothly from, from now on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's no talk about, well, we've, we've lost the Catalan fixture because obviously we, we haven't got, uh, we're all self-isolating now. But the, the, by the sound of it, there's no sort of talk of any any rearranged fixtures yet. Um, obviously, next week there's a cup game, so we won't be involved in that. Um, so we 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 won't be playing. Quite a lucky the way it's kind of fell. Otherwise, we would have been missing two games really. Um, but the the get the week after we play Leeds, and if we do have to do the full fourteen days, providing nothing else changes in the meantime, um, we'd only have two days left. Before we face Leeds, which is, which which is which is really bad, given the players who you know obviously may or may not have been suffering from coronavirus uh, symptoms, would have to sort of get up, get training two days later, and start playing. Yeah, it's not ideal, Rob, is it? Not when you're going to play uh, play Leeds, so that'd be a tough fixture against them. But like you said, it's not ideal. But it, it's it's one of those. It's it's unprecedented times, really, isn't it? I mean, I, I keep thinking to myself, in a way. I suppose it's just a case of getting through this season now. It's going to be tough. You know, these things are going to happen. These hurdles are going to happen. I think it's just a case of doing your best and uh, and, and getting through the matches. I know that won't be ideal having sort of two days preparation, but it, it is what it is for want of a better saying. You, you can only sort of go with the cards that you dealt with, can't you? So, uh, you know, Watto and the, the lads will just have to do their best and see what happens in that match. But I'm sure they will. They'll be fired up, won't they? Not ideal, but they'll just go with it and, and see what happens. I think it's just a matter of making sure you know that they stay safe and 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 yeah. you know hopefully in the next fourteen days nothing will happen they'll they'll get that opportunity to 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 play at Leeds in a couple of weeks' time and if obviously later down the line because obviously we only have two weeks to sorry two days before we play Leeds if they decide that it's too short of a period to get ready for the Leeds game if they if they actually postpone that one as well which is, which, which might happen um, then. The week after would be the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup. So in, if we do cancel or postpone the Leeds game, then we wouldn't have played a game for three weeks going into that quarterfinal. Yeah, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be funny. I mean, if the, you could wind up playing about three games a week, couldn't you, uh, towards the end of the season? But no, it's not ideal. But I suppose we'll just have to see what this week brings now and and uh, see what these tests come up with. And I presume the Super League, I keep saying RFL, and I, pres- I presume it's the Super League and the RFL or the Super League or a governing body that have to make decisions and, and come up with statements and things like that. So I'm sure they'll they'll give us some more news when, when they've got it. So... I wouldn't get to an end of ourselves. Let's just just take each day as it comes, really. Like, the, the, like you said, the main thing is that the players are safe, the families are safe, and everybody around the sport and in the wider world is safe from this this virus. So let's just see what happens. Well, the the problem the rugby league have is that Hull were due to play this week, so they can't play this week for obvious reasons. So what happens to them in the Challenge Cup? That's 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 a question that has to be asked. Really, it has to be fixed pretty quick. Who was Hull supposed to play this weekend? I think it was... Was it Castleford? Right. I think. They rearranged thing. Castleford are playing somebody else now, aren't they? Who, who, were they? who were they playing this week? I'm not um, sure who Hull was due to play. No, I, no I'm talking about the, the Challenge Cup the in cup. about Sorry, a the week's cup, time. Right, the Challenge Cup, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think it was Castleford against Hull. So, judging off what we say in that match, won't take place now, will it? 
well, yeah, it's, it's going to be a problem for everybody, really, because they, they need that fixture to be completed before our cup game, whatever, two weeks later, don't they? Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a conundrum, this, unless they just put Castleford through, give Castleford a bite to, to the next round. Which would be... I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be a fixture planner. No, oh, yeah. Well, I say it's, it's going to be interesting. What, well, would is that what would that is that what you would do if you were in charge? If you were the fixture planner, just give Castleford a buy. I don't know. I don't think you can do that, Rob. Can you? I mean, I'm no lover of Hull, but I think I'd be a bit tight doing that one. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think it'll affect the integrity of the competition if you were to do that. I mean, I think it already has done. With, with us just getting a buy straight through to the quarterfinals. I mean, Challenge Cup's a, you know, a magnificent trophy and the, the history that the competition's got. And you've, you've some clubs there who've gone straight through to a quarterfinal that need to win two games to get to Wembley. So I think that already has affected. I mean, obviously there's not a lot you can do about that this season. But um, if we had to do that with, with Castlewood, I think, I don't know, you can't just push the side straight through to a semi-final, surely to God. I mean, that really would make a mockery of it. Can you imagine that? You win one match in the Challenge Cup final, I mean. But it, it, something like that could possibly happen, couldn't it, with the, with the way things are going? So it's it's a real conundrum. It really is a conundrum of, of getting all these games in and, and, and working it out. I mean, I think I spoke to you quite a while ago and we had this discussion about freezing the season and perhaps calling the season null and void. And I know we had this chat about the sponsorship and the money and things like that, but it really is difficult, isn't it? It really is a difficult situation for the sport. It is, it is a difficult situation. Also, another idea on, on the on possibly on the table is doubling up the fixtures. So you'd have the league game and the cup game. You'd, you'd play one fixture, and the winner would go through to the next round, and also take the two points for the the league. That could be a, a possible option. Um, you know, in the, in next week's um, cup match, possibly I'd we'll have to play the week after, wouldn't they, When we play Leeds to get a chance to play in the the next round, the week after. Yeah, you was explaining this to me when we was off air before, weren't you? So you'd play the match, say a cup game, and you'd also get two points plus a, a trip through to the next round as well, which I don't know, it sounds a funny one to me, but there are options, aren't they, what are going to get discussed because of, of the, the nature of the situation. So it's not ideal, and I'm not so sure what I think you said before, didn't you, about the um, the television people and the sponsors and all that. Would they be happy with that, just having it as... As one thing, so so I don't know, but um, it's going to be interesting times over the next few weeks. It's quite stressful thinking about it. Really, I'm just sat here thinking about it, and I think, God, what's what's going to happen here? Where are we going to play? And I don't know. It really is. Um, it really is. And I mean, when you look at the football fixtures, they seem to go. You know, the remainder of the Premier League season seemed to go off without a hitch, really, didn't it? There was no sort of positive tests, and all the games seemed to to, to go ahead. But with rugby league, it's a um, you know contact sport, isn't it? And uh, we've got to be really careful, haven't we? And, and players' um, safety is the number one priority, I think. It is, it is, Paul, and you know, there's there's possibilities this might happen again in in the future, and I, I think it's it's this is like the the first time it's happened, and I think the RFL will really really have to you know put their heads together and, and come up with a, a big plan because obviously you can't change it uh, for every every incident, can you? It needs to be the same to make it fair for everyone. In a way, it's just a shame that you know we wasn't towards the back end of this season when this pandemic struck. I mean, we were only six games into a season, wasn't we? So if it had been like the football and you were at the back end, you probably could have just you know rushed it through and got the season finished. But with it not being that, you you more or less like a 
three quarters of a season left to play, haven't we, in a cup competition as well. And obviously you've got the championship teams who have who've sort of finished their season and, and, and they're going to start again next year. So it's uh, it's been a bit of a nightmare really, hasn't it, all the way along. So there's going to be some tough times to, to come, I think, you know, regarding fixtures and how things go. And like we said before, I think it's just a case of taking each day as it comes and just see what the what the big wigs come up with. And, you know, we'll just follow what they say, won't we, and their guidance. Yeah, I think, you know, talking about the football and, and the NRL, um, you know, the football were, was getting towards the end of their season. So you, you could say to players, right, for the next six weeks, you need to live like like a, like a, like nuns and not go out, go training, go to the match, go training, go to the match. And, you know, it's it's different for, for, for rugby league players, especially now, because obviously, like you said, you've got, Whatever four months, thank you for the for for the uh, the fixtures to be complete. It's a long time uh, for for to, to isolate yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, and I think uh, with rugby league, it's a totally different sport to football. He's not got the money knocking about in it, and I mean, I don't know how Premier League football star, stars and players live, but they probably live a, a, a totally different lifestyle to a to a Super League rugby league player, don't they? Whose, whose wife might work or or whatever, and they've got to mix with people and what have you. I suppose with a Premier League footballer, I mean, this is without me being rude, it might be easier for, for them to, to isolate and just sort of cope on the money that they've got. I, I don't know how that works, but it is difficult. It's difficult when you're just a quarter away into a season and you're starting a season. The logistics of it are really, really difficult to, to get the games played and, and things like that. I mean, we've just briefly discussed the Challenge Cup, haven't we? And looking at that and the, and the situations with that, there could be some real tough decisions to be made there, you know, with, with the draw and when the fixtures are played. So it's, um, yeah, I'm just glad I, I can just sit back and sort of watch it unfold rather than get involved with organising it. Yeah, because I had a look at the the EFL uh, coronavirus health and safety document thing, um, and it is it is rather it is very very intense. It's not you know you can't you, you can't go out. You go to home. You go home. You go to the match. You, you you train, and that's about it. You bring your own kit, and you know there's no sort of communal anything. It's just really like living like a nun, really. But you're forgetting that even though the EFL isn't the Premier League and they do talk about EFL clubs struggling financially uh, and all that, but you do have players who are on 20, 30, 40 grand a week. So if you're an eight player in the EFL and you're earning 40 grand a week, then it is probably possible that you could say to your partner and the people you live with, say, look, you don't, I don't go to work. I'll, I'll carry us for the, for the next six months with my wage. But in rugby league, rugby league players aren't paid 40 grand a, a week, are they? So it's a different kettle of fish because they can't tell people who they live with that you, you can't go into work because they need to, especially especially at the moment, because obviously they've, asked, they've had a pay cut as it is, haven't they, to, to get the season going again. So to restrict the, the freedoms even more is, is a bit like a step beyond for me. Yeah, I don't think I think you spot on. I don't think you can compare it to football one one bit. To be honest with you, I mean, the Premier League. We're talking. I reckon most players who play in the Premier League are millionaires, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> I bet most of them are. Um, you know, you, you look at the the money that they're on a week. You go, you drop down to that Championship, and there's a lot of money there as well, isn't there? You know, I don't, I don't know who's in the Championship. Someone like Derby County or someone like Middlesbrough. The, the players that they're on are probably on a good, a good whack as well. So you drop down to the next division, and I bet they're the same. I bet they're on more money than what the players in the Super League are. So, like you said, they can probably cope. They probably only have. It's difficult for me to say this because I don't like being disrespectful, but perhaps 
their wives don't work. I'm not having to go up for Paula's wives by, you know, not at all. But you know what I mean. You know where I'm coming from. So it, it must be difficult because the the money in rugby league is nowhere near the money in sort of rugby union football, is it? So um, it, it must be it must be hard. And like you said, they've taken a pay cut. Um, so so yeah, it's a, it's a difficult situation. It, it really is. Yeah, and it's all about sort of that player's sort of idea of, of the risk that they take doing a certain a certain event. Let, let's say they, they go into the supermarket or they're going to, to B&Q or, or they're going to the hospital to, to visit your, your, your sick child. How much does somebody have to pay you for you not to do that? Because anyone who's of, of, of right mind would go to the hospital, wouldn't they? Because obviously it's your, it's your child. So it, it, it's like a, a really tough tough sort of decision that having to be having to say right well I can't do that uh, because you're going to do it aren't you end of the day yeah of course you are you can't live like a hermit can you in your house I mean you know your players have got to go and get the shopping and things like that I mean you're talking about all the players in the Super League some of them might not be married some of the lads might be single and live on their own you've got to go out and do your shopping haven't you and, and, and go and go about your daily life as well because how many times have we said this on the podcast they're not Sabutio players who you just put away in a box and they've got lives and they've got to do things as well um, you're not living in a bubble like you are I mean like you just mentioned there the football um, I think I was reading something about the I think it was Man City players in the Champions League in this European competition I think they they have been more or less in a bubble, haven't they? Living in hotels and things like that, where they've got people doing stuff for them. You know, there's people at the club who probably sort all the meals out and all that. You're rugby league player, you're going home every night to your house, aren't you? So you, you you've got to visit the outside world, haven't you? So it must be it must be difficult, it must be really difficult. So um, as we mentioned before, it, it, it's so hard you can't see this virus, can you? So it's 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 hard. You just got. to you know, be safe and, and just do what you can and do your best, can't you? But like you said about going to the hospital, then if your child's poorly in hospital, you're gonna do the you're gonna do the right thing as a father, aren't you? You're not gonna think about a virus. You're gonna go and do your best for you for you, for your child. So it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, and obviously you flip it on your head to say you know the, how well the players have done dealing with this situation. That they've been back. Is it fair? Four weeks training? Was it pre four weeks pre season? So let's say six weeks in total, and you've and we've had one incident. So you know it's not like it's it's a you know there's lots and lots of different stuff going on, Paul. It's it was one one incident, and and that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's hope it just stays at that one incident, and let's hope so for players get tested again this week, and it, it's all negative, and hopefully then we can we can move on in a, in a fortnight's time. Do you think they'll? Because obviously this might happen again. There's no, there's no guarantees it won't. Um, do, do you see us completing the season? Um, I think it's gonna be difficult, Rob. I think it's. I think it's, uh, if I'd have had my way, I'd have, I'd have kiboshed it and, and suspended it and just started again next year and called it the 2020, 21, 2021 season. And I would have played Castleford, which was our next game. I would have played it in twelve months' time um, in the March. But obviously we had this chat, didn't we, uh, between ourselves and, and, and you sort of come up with a point, a very good point as well, about the, the sponsorship and the, and the money from Sky and things like that. So I don't know whether that was feasible or not. Um, so we've had to, they've had to try it, haven't they? They've had to try and restart the game. The players wanted to, I think the coaches did, the clubs wanted to. So now it's just um, 
it's just a case of see, watch this space and see what happens, really. I mean, I hope so. I'd like to think so. But it just depends what happens next week and, you know, test next week because the players are getting tested all the time, aren't they? So, fingers crossed that we won't have any more positive tests. But it's it's going to be it's gonna be tricky, isn't it? Like you said, with players out and about doing bits and bobs and, and this, that and the other. So, I just hope it runs a bit more smoothly from now on. I think... Um... It's the only get. I think they're t- tested once a week at the moment, but I think you, you need to have more tests because this might happen. You need to be. I think you should have one on, one on the sort of the Monday, and maybe one on before the match. So then you know you know what the situation is because you could technically nothing stopping you getting it on a on the on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I do. Yeah. I think they'll. I think they'll finish it. Whatever happens, because. At the moment, there's no fans in. There's no fans are going to be allowed in 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 the stadiums to watch it because, the, you know the 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 rates going up and you know all um, you know experiments were of, of fans in 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 stadiums have been cancelled for now. So there's no view, no thought of putting state uh, fans in the in the stadium. So play so the teams could could in theory just keep playing for as long as it takes really. But like you say, then you're going into November, December, January, February, and, and you know it's 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 a long, long season as it is. Um, so you don't need that extra, you know, pressure with the the cold nights and the wet nights, yeah. No, and don't forget you've got the World Cup next year as well in 2021. So we don't want that to get hampered, do we? Because that really is, you know, rugby league sort of jewel in the crowd at the moment. I'm really excited about that. So let's hope, yeah, let's hope we can get this done. I mean, I think the grand final is it the 30th of November? The grand final. I think it's towards the back end of November. Isn't it? So mm. let's hope we can we can get through the season. And what you don't want to happen now is the season to get rejigged again and more fixtures get knocked off. And um, you know, like we've already had a watered down season, haven't we? And lost the loop fixtures and things like that. But what you don't want is the RFL to I keep calling the RFL Super League to say. Um, you know, we're knocking more fixtures off and making it an even shorter season because that, again, it affects the integrity of the competition. But it's, um, yeah, as I keep saying, it's it's difficult, difficult times and unprecedented times, really, isn't it? It is, Paul. It is, Paul. What I say that I think the main priority is make the you know the players and and the families and the club officials and everyone else you know make sure their health is 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 they're safe because that's the that's the priority. It's not all about completing the the fixture list. It's all about making sure everyone you know is still alive in the day. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And if it came to that, where you had to you know draw a line under the season and and finish it, then you'd have to do, wouldn't you? But let's let's see how that develops over the next couple of months. Yep. So obviously the Catalan fixtures uh, f- finished, so have uh, been postponed. So there's nothing, there's no preview of that, but there's so much to look forward to uh, when they rearrange it. Yeah, I spent the like, spent the end of the weekend writing a preview for the Catalans game, and I enjoyed writing it as well. So I'll keep that one on ice until uh, until that fixture, uh, if it gets rearranged or, or whatever, I'll keep that on ice for you. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, because. Both Salford and Catalan had uh, had good results at the weekend, didn't they? You know, Catalan had a tremendous performance against Castleford and Israel Falau was looking good and the star names they've got there. So I think that would have been a real tough test for us. Looking forward to that. So, you know, uh, it's a shame that's not going to happen this week. I think Catalans are playing Wakefield instead, aren't they, in that rearranged game that got postponed due to... I think it was bad weather in February. That one got postponed, didn't it? So that one will get played this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be... a. Uh... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, been a great show, Paul. Really enjoyed uh, talking uh, rugby league, and obviously, you know, with everything going on, it was uh, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, thinking to do. 
There, there certainly is, Rob. But you know, it's been good to good to chat to you, and uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get through this week without any. Um, you know, positive tests and all the players and, and people will stay safe and all the families and all the people at the match, the officials, like you said, stay safe and, you know, supporters stay safe. So people listen to the pod, Salford fans, rugby league fans, just look after yourselves out there and, uh, you know, let's just keep uh, keep keep ourselves clean and keep battling away. Yeah, big thanks to this week, sir. Devil in Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.